You've probably seen the movie The Piano, and that was fairly accurate. Sarah Matthew gives a wonderful description in her diary and how it was a particularly rough journey, and she was afraid that her piano was going to be damaged. She called it her beloved piano. It arrived in the Waitamata. It was in a case, and she was in a tent with a piano outside there, and then it had to be moved to their home. There are some really good anecdotes in a book by Kirsten Moffat called The Piano Forte, Stories and Soundscapes from Colonial New Zealand. And here she describes the lengths that people went to in transporting their piano across fjords and muddy gorges, treacherous bush, men hauling them on their backs. I mean, you can just imagine, because the pianos are really heavy, not a small undertaking. The piano itself as an instrument was coming into the height of its development. Because the prices had come down, it was able to be in the middle class home. Um, And also there was um, what was called a square piano, and they were more portable. And that was kind of why they wanted to bring them out with them, because they were a treated part of their furniture. I'm Sue Berman. And I'm Benjamin Brooking. And in this episode, we're tuning into the music that was available to people in colonial era New Zealand. Auckland Library holds a collection of early music albums. These albums aren't quite the same as what we know of as an album today. This was the name people gave to their personal collection of sheet music, which they would often get professionally bound up into a book to keep it all together. These albums were brought by colonists amongst their personal possessions to Aotearoa to become the soundtrack of life in the colony. We start by meeting music librarian Marilyn Portman to hear about the music of early colonial New Zealand. So I'm Marilyn Portman and I learnt the piano from about age 10 and uh, took my studies further to University of Canterbury and I studied under Morris Till while I was down there. And when I finished my degree, it was like, well, what do I do next? I had no idea. And I saw an advertisement in the Herald for a job at Epsom Library. I didn't get that position, but um, ended up in the what they called pool staff. So that was staff who uh, filled in around the community libraries. So that was a great introduction to the library system and eventually got the position as music librarian. So, what have you got in front of you? Well, what we've got here is an album um, from the Mrs. Williams, and they were the daughters of Henry Williams, who was a missionary. He was the head of the Missionary Society. And it's inscribed here, the Mrs. Williams, Paihia, Bay of Islands, New Zealand, December 1847. So it's a collection of different composers' music. So it's similar to like your Spotify list. The pieces of music are individual pieces of music. So you go to the binder and say, I want this bound together. Sometimes it can be songs, so vocal stuff. Sometimes it can be purely instrumental. And this particular one is instrumental. This one is handwritten, isn't it? That's right. It's manuscript paper, and they've just written the notes on of all their favorite music. Tell me a bit more about what's in it. Okay, so we've got the elephant polka. 
dated December the 11th, 1852. So it contains their favourite music, but also what's quite interesting is that it's got some New Zealand content. Kia Waiata Tatau and Waiata 33. Do you know whether it's been played? Like, has anyone sat down to play out of that particular volume? Yes, Polly Sussex, when she gave her concert. My partner Paul and I went through a phase of buying early square pianos at auction because what a lot of people do is they buy these pianos, take the mechanism out and turn them into drinks cabinets. And that is such a shame because these instruments will never come back. We travelled to the home of Polly Sussex to hear her play the square piano. Polly held a concert called My Devoted Piano as part of the Auckland Library's Heritage Concerts where she played some of the music we've been talking about. We're going to hear some of her playing at home as well as some of the music recorded during that concert. I'm Polly Sussex. I uh, teach cello and I do a lot of research into old music. Quite often it's 17th century music because I also play the viola da gamba which is an instrument that very few people in New Zealand play. But this particular project, I was interested in using a piano that I own because it dates from 1825, and that is the period when Marianne Williams was thinking about coming to New Zealand. And the square pianos were very good because they would fit into a cottage even. So they were the middle-class person's choice coming to the colonies because if you were not going to be the governor with a grand house, you had room for something that would sit neatly against the wall. So we bought this particular one at an auction and it turns out to have lots of lovely features. It's got its own little brass ornaments that are all intact on the corners of the legs. It's got its fretwork above the keyboard. It's got its little label that says Smith and Company, Makers, Upper Rathbone Place, London. It's got drawers underneath the keyboard where you can put your music. It has its original dust cover over the strings and this is a beautiful shade of what I call 1950s green, but it's actually kind of apple green. And um, I'm very fortunate because my partner is a maker and restorer of early keyboard instruments. A lot of work had to be done and it wouldn't play at all when it was new because all the keys were jammed together and they wouldn't move. So at present it's out of tune but at least it's functioning. And uh, it's a lovely thing to play, beautiful. I can play you a little hymn from one of the Williams family books. And they would have sung these hymns standing around their square piano, because they had a square piano, in the family parlour, maybe after a meal. And here's a little hymn. And you can hear that it's woefully out of tune in the bass. But nevertheless, theirs would have been woefully out of tune too because there weren't any piano tuners within Kui probably until you waited five years, ten years and somebody would visit from Auckland or somewhere else. 
Where did the idea to do a concert for this come from? Well, Marilyn Portman, she said, um, we're doing these series of concerts which involve people, musicians, using our heritage collection. Um, Can you come and have a look? Uh, And that led to Marianne Williams and thinking about, well, why don't we use this instrument that I have as a concert that can go alongside talking about what it was like for these women who wanted to bring their instruments and wanted to continue to be English ladies in the colonies because it mattered so much. I think when they arrived, they discovered it was more important to be able to make bread and buy flour. (laughs) And then, because I'm not principally a pianist, I had to practice for quite some time, like the Williams girls would have, to get up to scratch for a concert. And it was great that I was illustrating what middle-class ladies did because I do enough mistakes to be a middle-class lady. So it was very authentic in many ways. They would have borrowed music. There was an awful lot of music circulated from one family to another. And, you know, um, there were so many of these early settlers who were trying to be genteel people. So they had to have their music. They had to prove their daughters could play. There's a lot in this music that is not of particular value musically, but it's interesting because it's been hand-copied. But I think also, because there are different hands in these books, different people copied them, I think what you might have done sometimes is loan your book to a friend who had the music. They copied it out and then they gave it back to you, especially if you didn't want to lend your music to someone that you knew might keep it for a month and you needed it. What's the accuracy like? Heaps of mistakes. Heaps (laughs) of mistakes. What did... um getting to sort of dive into this music and and the album and going through it and putting, you know, collating it together for a concert. Um, what kind of things did that make you think about? Well, it made me think about the girls in their corsets sitting practising the piano with cold hands because the heating was not very good. And um, what they wore, they would have had, you know, heavy sleeves quite often. Probably they felt overheated in the summer. And it made me think about copying music by candlelight. Sometimes there's the odd ink blob, and some of these mistakes might be because you were doing it by candlelight late at night. And you wonder what they thought of the music. Did they enjoy the pieces? Or did they turn the page and say, oh, that one's too difficult, or oh, I don't like that, which undoubtedly they would have. So let me find you a jiggity tune. Is this a, a full photocopy of, of all of it? No, it's what it's the ones that I selected to play for the concert. So you made an album of the album? Yes, I did. It's very edited. <laughs> Here's a quadrille, which is uh, a recognisable tune. It would have been danced to. Um, Royal Britannia turned into a little dance and some of the dances were set out as duets so that two of the girls in the family there were five Williams girls two of them could have played duets and people would have danced around 
Well, it was a very passionate thing of um, middle-class young women to play duets together. And in fact, you can buy music for three pianists at one piano, and the middle part is clearly meant for a child because it's very simple. So you jammed your kitty in the middle here, the five-year-old, with the very simple part, and you sat parents on either side, I suppose, or auntie and mother. <laughs> How did the concert go? Look, it was great. I made just the right number of mistakes not to be ashamed and to be authentic. And I played this fabulous piece which is one of my favourites, The Sufferings of the Queen of France by Dussek. And if you were a 19th century girl learning the piano, this would have been one of the most horrifying things you ever played. It's about Marie Antoinette, the French queen, and um, she was beheaded in 1793, uh, and it has these movements, the Queen's Imprisonment. She reflects on her former greatness. They separate her from her children. They pronounce the sentence of death. The guillotine drops. But um, I really enjoyed playing that, and it it was a kind of adjunct to the Williams music book. Most people don't play this music, they think it's a bit trite, but I think it's actually really rather good. Shall we jump on to the next one? What we've got here is an album that is beautifully leather-bound and um, it's got an inscription on the front, Mrs. Roebuck. 1825. I've never come across anything like this before. I opened the first page and there, there was a pressed flower. I thought, oh, are there other ones throughout the album? And it turned out that there were quite a few. Leaves and um, pressed flowers. So I think we've got some freesias here. We've got some ferns, different ferns and different leaves. It's interesting that the time period of this collection of music, including the pressed flowers and ferns, was at the height of this Victorian activity, which of course we've covered in detail in a previous episode about fern mania. What's in this one? What kind of tracks do we have? What kind of songs do we have? So, we've got one called Cynthia My Beloved, sung by Mr Collier and Mr Pearman, composed by H.R. Bishop. And then another one, dramatic airs from English, Italian, German and French operas, arranged as rondos for the piano. So here's one that's just for piano, but obviously it's going to have the melodies from the operas. And that was one of the things that um, you could bring the music from out there into the home. People might not necessarily have been able to get to a concert to listen to this music, but this enabled them to, to hear it. I guess it's just like playing your favourite music um, on a CD. But they didn't have CDs <laughs> at that time, so they, they played it. Potentially at a time as well when there may not have been so many symphonies to go to in New Zealand. 
Well, that, that's right. So they had to create their own um, music. They couldn't go out to a concert hall as a pioneer experiencing the new environment in New Zealand. There were no orchestras at that time. And during that time, you've got the likes of Beethoven, Haydn, and then coming out here, there, there was nothing. So this was one method of keeping that music alive in their lives. Shall we um, jump into the next one? So what we've got here is an album that is inscribed with To Ethel, Love Connie, and they've handwritten the list of music within the album, and um, it contains popular songs like Hawaiian Eyes, Mellow Moon, I Passed By Your Window, Moonlight and Roses. So these were songs that sit at the piano and sing. They'd have a community sing song, like the family might gather around the piano and sing these songs. This could potentially have been like a wedding present or a, or a birthday gift. Mrs Roebuck is beautifully bound and it's obviously very early, 1825. This is a lot later, so uh, we're talking early 1900s. And, um, of course, at that time, the publishing um, industry was in full swing. You know, there's covers in colour, and um, it was a huge industry. Is this still a compilation in the sense of, um, is this still chosen by the person who ordered it? Yes. How do you go about organising it, do you know? Well, it's similar to developing an LP record collection. So you go along to the shop and you... Oh, I'd like to have that, or I must must get that. And so this person would have purchased this music, their favourite music, and then got it bound. Um, it's not in, in necessarily in any order. It's just bound together. And um, I suppose if you're doing it for a gift, you would um, find out what the recipient's favourite music is. Are any of the pieces familiar to you? Look for the silver lining. How does it go? I'm not really a very good singer. <laughs> Look for the silver lining Whenever a cloud up appears in the sky <laughs> Beautiful. So you want to include that, will you? <laughs> I'm not a very good singer. That was, <laughs> that was probably all over the place, but it's a well-known song. All right, uh, what should we talk about next? So this one is a collection of organ pieces um, and it was donated by John F. Bennett. And he was quite a prominent musician in the music community. He was a teacher. He ran the His Majesty's School of Piano. He had four grand pianos and he was a critic, music critic for the New Zealand Herald. So very, very well respected. And what jumped out at me with this one is that he has done his own personal book plate here, J.F. Bennett, with, with these figures uh, forming the initial letters. So there is a man that um, he looks like 
He's a cowboy with a hat and boots and um, the rope is forming the letter B. And then there's a, a woman with her hair flowing out the back to form the letter F and a man there with a bag at his feet that forms the letter J. This would be um, 1920s, 1930s. It's all printed. It's all it? printed, yep. Looks like lovely quality paper. It is, yep. How sizable is this book in terms of what? how much music is in this one? Well, it's quite thick, isn't it? Um, there's quite a, quite a bit of music in here and quite a range of material. What's in this one? Well, there's some Mozart. So again, this is an example of um, familiar music that's been arranged for the organ. Here's another one, Mozart Ave Verum. All in beautiful condition. Some of them um, he annotated when he was doing his critiquing of concerts. Um, so he'd write, write some things in the music. John F. Bennett, he donated all of his music to our collection, so it was well over a thousand volumes. Um, he was not only the critic for the Herald, but also for the Star. He didn't only donate music, but he included a collection of cartes de visite from these visiting artists, which is now, of course, part of the special collections. And other music benefactors from the community have donated um, to our collection, which makes it what it is today. Marilyn has been actively organising Heritage Lunchtime concerts since 2005. The concerts are a much-loved opportunity for musicians and audiences to enjoy a selection of classical music and sometimes folk and jazz. And for the last couple of years, the focus has been on bringing to life the musical scores held in special collections. In 2005, Louis Eady donated our grand piano and part of the conditions was that the piano be made available for the music community. So I thought, well, how do we do this? And the natural thing was to start up a, a concert series. So it's been running since 2005 and um, now we have 10 concerts a year. Uh, we have a, an autumn series and a spring series um, where we have a range of musicians from the community come and perform. And so at one of these concerts, the pianist who was accompanying, might have been clarinet, he'd left the music behind. When you Uh, say left it behind, you mean he left his copy? He left his copy at home. He was a bit concerned. Um, It was during the rehearsal before the actual performance, so we had a little bit of time to problem solve. And so I thought, well, what can we do? And so I went down and got our copy from the Lenin collection that he could use for the performance. So there are many, many practical examples of how the collection is used. We've got over 600 years of music creation that um, we have in our collections for people to explore. And music, like any of the other arts, is a reflection of the community itself. So it tells you a lot about society. What is um, the earliest sort of album that you know about? Well, of course, we've got Mr Purcell's Harpsichord Master. And that is a collection of music. 
So there you go. Um, and it was basically a tutor, 1693, and it was donated um, into our collection in the 1930s. It's a collection of well-known songs from operas, operettas, for the harpsichord and used as a tutor to help people learn how to play the harpsichord. What is it that you find interesting about an item like that? Some of it is to do with the add-on things that you discover. So within this little Purcell album, there are some sea shanties. So someone who brought it over from the UK was sitting on the ship and just writing these sea shanties, both the lyrics and the music. So that that kind of thing's fascinating. But also, um, because we're a public library, the collection reflects that. And so we've got an incredible range of different instruments, um, different music genres. It's not all classical. We've, We've got a very strong jazz, very strong New Zealand representation in our collection, um, the latest contemporary albums from heavy metal you know, to Elizabethan songs. So it's very broad. And it's totally different from getting a digital copy. I mean, it's more than just the music printed on the, on the page. It's the story behind it. Who was listening to it? Who played it? I think it's valuable for the reasons that you would not think of. It's not valuable because it's got a unique copy of something that no one else has. But it's valuable because it's a record of that particular family's experience with music. And it gives you a door into the front parlour of the upper middle class religious Victorian homestead in the colony of New Zealand. I'll play the Christmas chimes. Wonderful. Thanks to Marilyn Portman and Polly Sussex for sharing your research and passion and providing us with such rich visual and audio insights. You can find a list of references for this episode in the published notes, or get in touch with us by emailing libraryresearch at aucklandcouncil.govt.nz and we'll make sure we can find the collections of interest. This series is made with Auckland Library's content creation funding and is part of a wider series of short films now called The Collections Talk, available to view online. This episode was written and produced by me, Sue Berman. It was recorded and produced by me, Benjamin Brooking. And edited and engineered by me, Juliana Machado. This has been Nakul The Collections Podcast, Musical Manuscripts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to hear the rest of this series and more from Auckland Libraries. box music, isn't it? (laughs)